Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. We hope you find this message encouraging. We've been working on a sermon series, I guess you'd say, since the first of the year. <clears throat> and talking about our 2020 vision. And I've made the parallel between how sometimes our physical vision uh, correlates with spiritual vision. Sometimes we get a little bit nearsighted. Sometimes it's all about me. It's, uh, in fact, is if you have, if you, uh, have a prescription for uh, corrective lenses on uh, nearsightedness, it's going to say that you suffer from myopia. My stuff. Me. My. We spend a lot of time navel-gazing. Because it's all about us. And so uh, sometimes we can be farsighted. Sometimes, boy, it's like, I hope they're getting it. you got to be on the front row, kind of. I hope they're getting this. This is for somebody. We think about everybody but us. Sometimes we get presbyopia, which is old eyes. That's whenever we, uh, some, our arms are not long enough or, or short enough, either one. And we, we have trouble focusing. And then uh, sometimes we get astigmatism. I mean, have you suffered from astigmatism? Oh, several, along with myself. And that is whenever there's no clear focal point. You just can't get it in focus. We have, well, sometimes, I've said this before, I think the Lord wants us praying rifle prayers and not shotgun prayers. Pretty good analogy in Texas, I think. Uh, shotgun prayers, we're just shooting away, it'll be a big pattern, we're just hoping one little pellet will get where it needs to be. And sometimes what the Lord wants us to do is to pray precision prayers. It's like shooting a rifle, you can reach out there and touch something way out there. And uh, so ultimately it comes down to this, I think we need to be looking at our 2020 vision. Only about 30-35% of the population has correct vision, has 2020 vision. So that means that the rest of us need some correction. And we need the Lord to, as I've said every, every Sunday, I think this year, we need the spectacles of heaven to be put over our eyes and be able to see. We've been taking a look at Elijah and Elisha as a part of this. This is kind of what the Lord laid on my heart. And Elijah, of course, was the prophet. Great success as far as uh, just having his prayers answered and great successes against evil in Israel. And, and uh, he called Elisha to be his understudy. And the, the, the focus of what we've been looking at is 2 Kings chapter 2, and that is when Elijah was about to go up to heaven. And we, we know the story, the chariot of fire came down, and, and, and basically he had asked Elisha, he said, I know my time's near, what do you want me to do? Elisha asked Elijah, I want a double portion of your anointing. He said, man, you've asked a tough thing. It's not really mine to give, but here's your, here's your answer. If you're with me whenever the Lord takes me to heaven, then you'll know you got that prayer answered. And, of course, we know he was with him. And Elijah's mantle fell back to the earth, and Elisha was kind of reticent to, to put it on, but he folded it up, and he went back to the River Jordan where they just crossed over, and, and he, he's getting ready to strike the water with it, but he holds it up to heaven, and he said, Where is the God of Elijah? 
He didn't say, where's my God? You could tell he was kind of reticent to take on the, the whole prophet thing. But where is the God of Elijah? And he strikes the waters, waters part. And of course, we know that ultimately in his life and ministry, he did double the miracles that Elijah had performed, thus answering the question whether he got the double portion. But the question that he asked was, where is the God of Elijah? And my question is not that this morning. My question is, where are the Elijahs and Elishas of God? Where are the people that are willing to, in a day and a time when it's not popular anymore to be a Christian, when it's not popular to stand up for what this Bible says, whenever it seems like it's out of vogue to, to be a believer in Christ, who are the Elijahs and Elishas that will stand up for what God says. And we've been looking at that for several Sundays now. We started off with, they stood up for what they believed. Then last Sunday we started that they listened for the voice of God. I did not get through with that message, so we're hopefully going to get through that today. So first of all, they stood up for what they believed. Secondly, they listened for the voice of God. And the, the question that I asked last week was, does God still speak? Some of the branches in our family tree would say, no, that that ceased. It's called cessationism. That at some point in time, some specific point, God said, okay, that's enough. I don't need to speak anymore. I don't see that. There's no place in the Bible that you can take. fact is, I shared with you last week, if you look at God speaking, if you pick up your Bible and begin to read, you're going to go three whole verses Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, you're going to find that God said something. Let there be. And guess what? It was. And if you continue to read in your Bible, you're going to find, if you, if you put all inclusive here, God said, the Lord said, the Holy Spirit said, Jesus said, God says, present tense, the Lord says, the Holy Spirit says, and Jesus says, you're going to find almost 2,500 entries for God saying something. Now, it would be very strange to me that all of a sudden God would say, okay, we got this down pat. I don't need to speak anymore. How many of you feel like you've got it down pat enough that you don't need God's help or God to speak to you? That's what I thought. Me either. <laughs> So ultimately, there's no place where it says it's, it stops. And uh, we could go through all that. If you weren't here last Sunday, go back and pick up that message. Zach has been good to already get that up and on. You can find it on Facebook there, and it's a link to SoundCloud. Or you can subscribe uh, through a podcatcher on your phone and get it there, FWC Beaumont. And then we talked about, since we can prove very readily that God still does speak, then we kind of talked about, at great length, about all the different ways that he does speak. And he speaks through this word. Ultimately, everything in there is a love letter written to us. And I'm so glad that he did. So glad that it survived through the ages, through the dark ages, when there was very little written word available, that it survived all that, that, that he still speaks to us through that word. That's why it's called a living word. Then 
There's sometimes he speaks in an audible voice. We talked about that the, uh, the, uh, to our hearts. On the road to Emmaus, whenever he appeared to the disciples, after he disappeared again, what was the thing that they said? Did not our hearts burn within us? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and they'll not follow another. You know that you know when you know that God has spoken to you. Amen? Now, sometimes we resist that. That's another story. But he is speaking to our hearts. He, he does it through confirmation of events. Open doors and closed doors. Uh, he does it through individuals that are in our life, somebody that you know that can speak truth and love to you. Hey, you're looking at this wrong. Hey, I feel like this is what the Lord's saying to you, and it's going to confirm something. As I said last Sunday, very few times is a word from a, I'll put it this way, a prophetic word of surprise. As a general rule, it's something that somebody's confirming and, you know, way down deep inside, you know when that strikes home. God's already been saying that to me, and this confirms it. Sometimes it's that we turn on the radio and we hear it. Then we turn on the television and we hear it. We pick up a book, and it's like, okay, God, I'm hearing you loud and clear. You've confirmed this through a multiplicity of ways, and I'm listening. Then it's, it, it, it's, it, it, he can even speak through a donkey if he wants to. Don't act surprised he did it before. As I said last Sunday, some of you are saying he's doing it right now. But we won't go there. <laughs> so, ultimately it comes down to this. God still does speak, and we, he, he speaks through a multiplicity of ways. That Here's the thing. Don't get hung up on how you hear from God. Because in the Bible, if you look at how the Lord has done things, he very seldom ever repeats it in the same way. And sometimes we get hung up on, on how God does it and where he does it. Somebody comes to the altar and they get a miracle. And man, it is this one square foot of property that God works in. We got to get right there. Hey, God works at your seat. He works in your car. I've had much, as I've told you through the years, I've had much, much more spiritual experience in, in my vehicle than I ever have in church. God's not limited to real estate. Amen? He works anywhere we are and anywhere, anytime we're receptive. So the thing that we got to work on is how can we hear from him? That brings us to that point. And that what, how, what part do we play in it? What can I do to hear from God? First of all, you got to cultivate an open heart, an open mind. And, and y'all have got a screen that I don't. So I'm just, I'll may glance back there occasionally. You cultivate an open heart and an open mind. See, here's the thing. We get busy sometimes. And we got a lot of stuff to keep us busy these days. We've got television. We've got podcasts. We've got satellite radios. We've got our phones playing bejeweled. Man, we're just going at it. Got Facebook, Twitter, all kinds of social media to, t to take our attention. And sometimes the things that happen is, is that from the time our eyes open of a morning till the time that we lay our head on the pillow at night to go to sleep, we never take time for God. We get up of a morning and we just start running and going and doing and things are busy at work and everybody's asking questions. i got to answer this. And I get this phone call. And we never give God a moment in our day. 
And so what we've got to do is cultivate that open heart and open mind that we can begin to hear. How do we do that? Number one is thinking about him. Thinking about things, heavenly things. Uh, Colossians says it this way, think about things on he in heaven and not things on this earth. Sometimes all of our problems and all of our troubles are just right all here. And sometimes you just got to beat all that stuff down. And let our hope begin to arise. As I've told you before, hope, the blessed hope that, that the Bible talks about is being able to realize this stuff here is temporary. One of my favorite scriptures, and you all know what it is. Fact is, this week, Tuesday, was the day whenever I had to remind myself of my favorite scripture, and that is, it came to pass. Thank God it didn't come to stay. Monday night, Angie walked out in the garage to get something, and she hollered, Oh, Philip, come here. Water all over the floor. Water heater, old as our house is. And guess what? Surprise! This is what you get to do on your Monday evening. So I get out there and tear it all out. And man, I, I, I didn't realize this, but Home, Home Depot opens up about 6 o'clock in the morning. So I open them up Tuesday and I go and get all that. And I, man, I'm just, you know, just, just busy, busy, busy. And I, I mean, I'm... I, I, the, the worst part of it for me was the thing weighs about 150 pounds and it's in a corner and there's no way to get, you know, I mean, hey, it's just me. So bear hug that thing, wrestle it out of there, pick up the new one, get it in there. And it's like, whoo, man. I started having a little pity party for Philip. Amen. I sat down on my pity pot and I just, I mean, I had a big time. Woe is me. Can't believe I'm having to do all this. And you know what? I reminded myself. I said, self. And self said, huh? I said, you remember your favorite scripture? And Seth said, eh, I kind of do. And so I said, Seth, remember, it came to pass. And you know what? David said it in the word. He said, I encouraged myself. I just reached around there and patted myself on the back. I said, man, you're doing a fantastic job. You can get through this. This is one day among a bunch that, you know what, in the scheme of things, when I get to heaven, it's going to be like, <laughs> you remember that day when I was having that little pity party for myself? Did it come to pass or did it come to pass? Guess what? There ain't going to be no leaks but water heaters in heaven. Amen? And so what we've got to do is start thinking on heavenly things and not things on this earth. I'm going to tell you something. If we are constantly thinking about things on this earth, if we are constantly, 24 hours a day, running CNN or Fox Headline News or whatever it is, I'm going to tell you something. What will get me down quicker than anything is just a constant barrage of all this mess that's going on in this world. Especially lately. We're, we're in an election year. Can you imagine what it's going to get like before November comes? Lord, have mercy. Let's turn that stuff off. Let's start thinking about things in heaven. Let's start thinking about when, when things are going to be perfect. Let's start thinking about when things are going to be absolutely wonderful. And there's not going to be any more sickness. And there's not going to be any more death. And there's not going to be any more pain and suffering. Woo! I don't know. I'm fixing to get happy. Y'all come with me or you can stay where you're at. Amen? Woo, I tell you. I didn't, like David said, I encouraged myself. Woo! Mmm, I like it. 
So we got to start thinking. So what are the things that cause us not to cultivate? Not to cultivate a, a mind that's, that's focused on him. Sometimes it's our pride. Sometimes we think I got this. I remember years and years and years ago, before I started learning much about this, I was a young Christian, and I remember one time I was going through some stuff, and I was just wrestling with it, and my wife, she was about uh, in the Lord, she's about nine months older than me. And she said, why don't you pray about it? And I said, because I don't want to waste my blessings. You know, it's like, almost, I guess, in the mindset of God was like a genie in a bottle. And you got, you got three wishes or whatever. I was limiting God because I wouldn't give it to him. It was me. It was pride. It was a pride deal. I wouldn't let go and let God do what he needed to do. And what we've got to do is do that. Hey, I, I, I have through the years learned I am incapable of running my life by myself. Amen. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. I am, I, I mean, I'm pretty good looking, but I'm even not good looking enough. You didn't have to laugh out loud. That's one thing you don't ever have to worry about there. <laughs> sometimes it's our fear. Sometimes it's that stepping out. Whenever Peter was sitting in the boat and here comes Jesus on the water. And what does it say? They were all afraid. They were scared. And Peter says, Lord, if that's really you, let me walk on the water. And sometimes we give Peter, you know, grief because he, you know, he takes those steps, took a couple of steps out of the boat. Jesus has to reach down, pull him up out of the water. But you know what? Where were the 11? Sitting in their seat, still scared. At least Peter had faith to be able to take a couple of steps. And sometimes we got to get over our fear and we got to realize that, hey, if God has put this thing in motion, he's working for our good and his glory. So whatever happens, it's going to be okay. I might fall. I might stumble. I might, I might trip up. I might sink and go underwater for a minute. But ultimately, you know what? We're still talking about it 2,000 years later. And Peter walked on the water. Got to get over our fear. Let God be God. Sometimes it's bitterness. Sometimes it's because things have happened and we get bitter. Maybe somebody hurt you. Maybe somebody did something. Maybe somebody said something. Maybe it was a series of events. And we got bitter. You got to let go of that. You got to just say, God, it, it, it hurt. And I know it hurt. I can tell you some stories that curl your hair. Church world is not all that in a bag of chips. Sometimes bad things happen. But ultimately, it comes down to this. God is in control of this thing. And i got to let him handle it. I, yeah, there may be somebody that, that, that needs to pay for that. You know, sometimes we talk about karma. Boy, I hope karma comes around. There ain't no such thing as karma. Amen? God's in control of this. And what did he say? Vengeance is mine. Let God handle it. Whatever happened, might have been a divorce. Might have been something ugly that happened in your life. Might have been something that somebody did to you. And yeah, they deserve recompense. Let God handle it. Cultivate an open heart and an open mind. Sometimes along with that bitterness is that unforgiveness. That we hold on to that. I won't ask for a show of hands, but how many times have we laid awake at night thinking about what somebody did to us? 
And man, I can't believe they did that. And how rude of them. And, and, and man, I'm telling you, you know what they're doing? They ain't staying up at night thinking about it. You're the one that's losing sleep. You know, you know what they're doing? They're holding you hostage in your own mind. Forgive them. Do they deserve it? Probably not. But did we deserve it? Absolutely not. But yet, Jesus says if we'll forgive it, he's going to take care of it. Amen? Sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's things that we've done that keep us from cultivating that open heart and open mind toward God. And you know what? If we have sinned, again, I won't ask for a show of hands, but if you can't readily admit, man, I miss it sometimes. You got a problem. I miss it. I miss it. I probably already missed it today and didn't even know that I missed it. I didn't even know I was shooting. But I missed the target. And you know what? It comes down to this. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, my second favorite verse. First one is, it came to pass. Second one is, if we'll confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It means if we'll confess the sin we know, he'll forgive the sin that we did that we don't even know that we did. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so sometimes we just got to get that attitude. Hey, God, here I am again, and I blew it. Thank you for your forgiveness. Every time we do communion, you've been around me enough to know, I hold that cup up and I say, thank God my sins are gone. He shed that blood so that my sins were washed away and thank God my sins are gone because there's a, a, a whole boatload of them and you know what he doesn't hold it against me anymore and he doesn't hold it against you if you just give them to him God I missed it That's the, the word for sin is most often used in the, in the Bible if you go back to the original language it's one of those times when it adds just a further dimension to it and I think I'm pronouncing right, harmatia. And it simply means missing the mark. And so whenever we go to God and say, I missed the mark, you know what? Okay. I'm glad you brought it to me, is what he's saying, instead of holding on to it. We don't want to end up letting that be something that hurts the communication between he and us. So if we're doing our part, uh, this is what James says about it. Get rid of all filthy and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God that has been planted in your hearts. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. If we'll just let go, let God, give him all the junk. It's not a fair trade. We give him all of our junk, and he gives us his glory and power and anointing and salvation. Wow. When you look at it in that way, God's not a very good uh, dealer. Amen. He's not a very good trader because <laughs> he got all the junk. We got all the good stuff, but hallelujah that he does it. So here's the thing, and I am nowhere near done, but it's, it's time, to, time to wrap it up. My goodness, we might get through this by May. So, <laughs> here's the deal. Be listening. Cultivate that open heart 
an open mind toward God. Because as we talked about last week, I sincerely believe he's communicating all the time. If we're not hearing it, the problem is with us. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, thank you for what we have felt in this place this morning. And we did take a little extra time in worship. And, and it was worth it. <laughs> thank you for meeting us here. And I still feel your presence. So, Lord, would you allow that, that presence to go with us? Lord, as we leave this place, we're going out into a world that needs your light. Would you let us, each one of us, be a light in that darkness? Let us be unashamed. Let us be, uh, Lord, stand up for what we believe, but, Lord, also to take that moment to, to hear your voice about what we need to do. So, Lord, go with us. Help us. Lord, we don't, we don't even have any idea what's coming up this week, but, Lord, you do, and you are preparing us for that. So thank you. Thank you for loving us that much. And we just give you praise for it in Jesus' name. While every head's still bowed, every eye's still closed, if you're here this morning and maybe you just simply say, but, Philip, the, the Lord was touching me this morning and I realized there's something I need to make right. It might be something big. Maybe you've never done it before or maybe you've prayed that prayer a bunch of times and today just seems like it needs to happen again. If that's you and you just say, Preacher, I want you to pray with me. Would you just slip your hand up so I'll know who it is. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up front. I'm not going to call your name out. You don't have to leave where you're at to get to where God is. But if that's you this morning and you simply say, I just need to make it right. Would you just slip your hand up so I can pray with you? Yes. Anyone else? Very quickly. Yes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, come to you. And Lord, we, we, as I say so often, I missed it. I blew it. And Lord, I bring it to you. And, Lord, it is broken. Would you fix it? Would you help me and forgive me for those times when I have blown it? Lord Jesus, I know what you did. On that cross for me, you died in my place. You died for my sins so that I could go free and that I could be with you in heaven one day. But, Lord, I'm right here right now. Would you help me? Would you lead me, guide me, direct me, and fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I thank you for loving me. And I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap for that this morning. If you prayed that prayer, guess what? You made things right with the Lord.